Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you today. We're so glad that you're here. It's going to be a great day. Do you know that? It is going to be a great day. By the way, do you know what next week is? Mother's Day, that's right. And hey, at SEC, we're doing the family photos again. Uh, it's been a hit for the last couple of years, so uh, you definitely want to uh, avail yourself to that opportunity. And so today, is, um, as we begin, i got to ask you another question. How many of you would like to have more kinder people around you? Let me see your hands, all right? Okay, great. That, that's the majority of us. We like to have kinder people around us. And, you know, uh, I don't know about you, but it seems like, you know, I'm the guy that before I go to bed, I don't know why I have to turn on the weather. I've turned it to my dad. You know what I'm saying? I remember my dad used to do that, like, oh, I'm sorry, i got to watch the weather. And right now we have smartphones that you just go right there and hit the weather app and it tells you everything. But why do I have to have the guy at 10 o'clock to tell me? So anyways, that Rhonda and I, I don't know why we do it, but we wait up to usually to hear the weather and... Uh, but it seems like as we watch the news, there's all this bad news about, you know, people being shot or, or, or you know, uh, robbed or whatever. It seems like all bad news are going on. So I think our world could be a little kinder, would help us out. Now, the question is, why should I want to be kind? Because I'm going to tell you, being kind is not natural to me. Why do you look at me like that? <laughs> like, you're, you're like you're just born that way. You know, I, mean, I just want to be honest with you. It's just... Being kind is not natural to me. It doesn't come natural uh, to me, and uh, maybe it doesn't come natural to you. Matter of fact, this week uh, I've had to practice that, of being kind. And, and so I have to ask the question, why should I, why should I want to be kind? Why can't I just say what I, you know, comes to my mind? And here's two reasons. One is because, number one, is that God's been kind to you, right? You agree with that? I mean, he gave you the, the ability to walk into this today, to this service. He gave you that health. He gave you the, he's giving you the air that you're breathing right now. And so kindness, uh, it comes from God. God's been kind to us. And then the second reason is because uh, we want other people to be kind to us, don't we? I mean, you know, we want other people to be kind to us. And so, you know, the, uh, we say, why don't you finish this statement with me? Ready? You reap what you, and then what goes around... Okay, so if we really believe that, then, then we want to be kind because kindness comes back to us. But let me just tell you this. If you want more kinder people around you, <clears throat> then you have to become more kinder. It's, 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 uh, we have to change. You know why? Because you attract who you are, not who you want. Did you hear that? You attract around you who you are, and not who you want. And so, except for in relation, except for in marriage, okay, or, or dating, 
we attract the opposite person, but normally we attract the people around us to who we are. So if you're a person that, you know, you got nothing but people that are pain and rump people around you, look in the mirror. <laughs> I'm attracted. Matter of fact, I talk to pastors sometimes. They say, you know, my church is so unfriendly, blah, blah, blah. They just, you know, just talk about their church. And I'm like, dude, if you've been there two years, guess what? Look in the mirror because you're attracting who you are. That's why we have some of the best people at SCC, right? <laughs> oh, oh. But you attract who you are, and, and that's something that I've had to learn, you know. So, so that's why we're talking about this, and that's why we want to talk about how to be a kinder person today because, again, I'm going to attract who I am. And so it's all about if I can make adjustments in me, then my world changes. It's amazing. And so today we want to talk about that. So I want to talk to you today about how to become a kinder person because kindness starts with me, starts with us. And so the first thing I would say of this is number one is this. Would you write this down? Is learn to listen to others. Learn to listen to others. As you're writing that down, just go ahead and look at the next verse with me and uh, keep your pens handy. We'll circle a few things. Philippians 2 and 4, the Bible says this. Each of you should look not only at your own what? Own interest. Why don't you circle that? Own interest. And then he says, goes on and says this, but also to the interest of who? Why don't you circle interest of others? Because the Bible says there has to be a transition. You cannot just be interested in yourself. You know, you can't just think about yourself all the time. And matter of fact, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I think about me a lot more than I think about you. I do. I mean, I, I do. And, and you think about you a lot more than you think about me. That's why, you know what? That's why I don't worry about what you think about me that much. Because I know you don't think about me that often. Right? I mean, there's so many people that, you know, they're always worried about what other people think about them. Listen, if you just realize how little they actually think about you, you wouldn't worry about that at all. And, and so today, I just want you to know, so the Bible says we have to learn to be interested in others. And how, how do you do that? It starts by listening. Learning to listen to other people is a way that you begin to say, become interested in them when we begin to listen to other people. Now, the problem with that is that many of us are so interested in, in what we got to say back to a person that we never hear what they say to us. You agree with that? I mean, like, many times in my mind, and I'm sure in yours as well, I am trying to calculate what I've got to say back to you before I actually hear you. And I've had to work on that. And I want to tell you, in the last, you say, Jeff, what's the changes that God has helped you make in the last three to four years in your life? And that is, I've tried to become a better listener. I've tried to learn because I didn't just want to say back, I want to listen and hear a person, hear what they have to say. Look what the Bible says, James 1 and 19. He says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to what? To listen and slow to? And slow to, become, to get what? Okay, you know what he's saying here? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen up, button up, and you'll grow up. Woo-wee! Did that just hit you like it did me? Listen up, button up, and you'll grow up. That's how you, grow, that's how you get wiser. Listen, 
People get older, but they don't necessarily mature. It's when you learn to listen up and button up that you grow up. And so as James begins to tell us this, that listening is, this is what listening does. Listening is like getting into someone else's skin and, and understanding what they understand and understand and then feeling what they feel and seeing what they see. That's what listening does, is begin to understand what they understand and feel what they feel and see what they see. And listen, just because you hear someone speaking words does not mean that you are listening to them, right? There's been many times that I have watched, was watching football and Rhonda was talking to me and I heard her, but I didn't hear her. Because the next day when I did not do what she asked me to do, she said, well, I told you yesterday. I said, honey, you didn't tell me that. She said, yes, I did. And you said, yes, I'll do that. <laughs> but that was in between the 20 and the 20 yard line and the field, uh, the, you know, the uh, touchdown goal line. Okay, never mind. It's only me that has those problems. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. Remember, that's what God did for us by sending Jesus. It was God who come down in skin. So that Jesus could, Jesus said, so he could feel what we feel, understand what we understand. And therefore, that's why it's great to have Jesus in heaven beside God. Because when you're going through something, Jesus is telling the Heavenly Father, said, this is how they feel. I understand what they're going through. And this is why we need to help them. He, feel, he felt what we felt, what we feel. And he understands what we, we need in our lives. And so today is exactly what Jesus did for us. Now let me just say this other thing. Many times in our own family, we have no idea of the needs of the people in our lives, in our own family. You know why? Because we've never heard them. We've never heard them. You know, it's amazing, like going to counseling, and, and when you go sit down with a counselor, and all of a sudden someone in your family begins to share an issue that maybe you have. And you know what? All of a sudden, right there, it's amazing how you hear them for the very first time, and they've been saying it for 10 years. You know why? Because you sat down and you were forced to listen. And it's amazing when they said it to someone else, and all of a sudden they come out of their mouth and say, you know what your spouse is saying? You know what your child is saying? You know what your parents are saying to you? And all of a sudden you hear it. It's learning to listen. I want to talk to you parents just a second. If I could go back and do anything over in my life, I want to tell you this is the area that I would work on. If I, could, if I could go back with my children and do it all over again, I would become a better listener. I would listen to them more. And I don't know why, but listen, I just had this in my mind. It was up to me to make sure I taught them everything. And so every time, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, you know, when they're walking down the road, you teach them. You know, when they go to lay their head at rest, you teach them. Well, I took that way to the extreme, and I, every time we go down the road, I was always teaching them. You know, every time I'd get around them, I was trying to teach them something. And I was doing all the talking, and I didn't do any listening. And if I had it to do over again, I would learn to be a better listener. And if you're a parent, listen today especially a young parent, I would just say, tune in, just tune in. Stop trying to teach so much and just listen to what they're saying. Listen, maybe, maybe you're a parent today and your kids are growing. It's never too late to start. Just tune in. Quit trying to teach. Just listen. 
Begin to listen to them. You say, why is that important, Pastor Jeff? I'll tell you why. Here it is. Listen, this is it. Are you ready? Here it is. Here's a big one. Here's what I've discovered. Is that when you stop listening to someone, they stop hearing you. Did you hear that? When you stop listening to them, when you no longer are listening, I mean, like, not that you're hearing what they say, but when you stop listening to them, then they stop hearing you. In other words, you lose your voice. When whoever you're trying to talk to, when you do not listen to them, I mean, really listen to them, guess what? They know that, and so when you begin to speak, they don't hear you anymore. You know, have you, have you ever got a cold and got hoarse? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got cold, you couldn't talk anymore. You know, it's all like... You ever been there? It's a, pre- it's a pastor's worst nightmare. You know, like, okay, here we come. It's, you know, it, it's Friday. And then all of a sudden you get it. Like, oh, man. And you go and you try to act like, okay, this ain't happening to me. And then you get up and say, you know, uh, oh, no. Why? Because when you're hoarse and you, you lose your voice, people can't hear you, right? I mean, you're like, hey, you, everybody's like, what are you saying? And it's the same way when you stop listening to people. It's like you get hoarse and you're making a noise, but nobody's understanding what you're saying. But the moment that you become a listener, you have a great voice. And so today, if you want to be a more kinder person, then learn to listen. There's a statement that I have uh, on the screen that's coming up. And here's what, if you want to be a listener, learn to ask questions. And look what this statement says. It says this. It says, to start, uh, to listen, start asking, what are you thinking instead of what were you thinking? That's a good question to start with. What are you, what are you thinking instead of what were you thinking? Remember, what are you thinking is a healing question And what were you thinking is a fighting question. You agree with that? What the heck were you thinking? Well, you know, I mean, that just ticked me off, right? But what are you thinking? Now, listen, I don't really understand what you're saying, so can you tell me what are you thinking? I don't understand what you did, but can you tell me what are you thinking? The reason I share this with you is because I shared it about four months ago, three or four months ago, and there was a man in our church who took that to his word. There was two brothers who owned a company. They were at odds with each other, and they were about to dissolve the company because they couldn't get along. They had had a, they'd had a disagreement for over three years, and they'd been fighting, and every time they'd come together, they were asking, what were you thinking? They were mad at each other. And so he said, that we're in this big corporate meeting, and I'm like, you know, not one of the corporate guys, but I've been invited to the meeting, and said, they're, they're there going at each other again. He said, I just slipped my hand up and said, can I ask a question? Would you guys consider asking the question, what are you thinking? Because all I'm hearing you say is, what were you thinking? He says, as a result of that one conversation, those two brothers spent the next three days asking the question, what are you thinking? And because of that, they were able to resolve the conflict that had been going on for over three years, and they began to work together again, and the company come back together, and and the company is beginning to thrive again because of that one statement. What are you thinking? To listen, begin to ask questions. Okay, so I have a next step on your outline, on your connection card. 
And you know, this, this is going to do you no good unless you take a step. And so this, I want to help you take steps every week. And look what it says. On your next steps, it says, I will do my best to ask more questions instead of saying what I think. Maybe what someone else is saying could have a little more time than what you have to think. And it will make you a more kinder person. Number two, would you write this down? Speak kindly to others. Speak kindly to others. Again, the Bible, again in Proverbs, says this. Look what it says. Proverbs, righteous people know the kind things to what? Why don't you just circle, uh, why don't you just draw a line, actually? Draw a line from righteous to kind things to say. Righteous people, kind things to say. Just draw a line there, because there's a connection. And then it goes on, but wicked are always saying things that what? So why don't you just draw a line from wicked saying things that hurt? Why don't you draw a line right there? Then I got a question I want to ask you. So when you're finished drawing, just look at me, because I got a question I want to ask you. I'm going to look you in the eye and ask you a question. Ready? Which one of those you want to be? You want to be righteous or you want to be wicked? And the Bible says righteous people know the right things to say. They're looking for the right thing to say. And wicked people will say hurtful things. So which one do you want to be? And I want to be honest with you. I struggle with this. Again, I mean, I was trained, in, I was trained from the time I was in middle school how to, be, how to say hurtful things. I don't know about you, but like when we were in middle school, I can remember going at lunch and we would, the guys would circle up and we would have the crackdown king right there. I don't know if you ever did this, but like, I mean, in our middle school, there would be this guy was a, he was better at cracking on people than this other guy. And we just have a duel right there. And they start, this guy say, let me tell you something. Your mama's so ugly. They say stuff like that, you know, like then one guy said, you know what? I'll cut you down so low you can hang your feet off a dime. I don't know, man. I mean, see how it's still with me? It's there. It's inside of me. It's there. And this week, listen, this week, I was standing in a, a fast food line. I stood there for 30 minutes. Because the person, they, they wasn't thinking about their job. They was just talking, chit-chatting. and wasn't doing their job. And I had all kinds of stuff working up from here, and it got to right here. Do you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it just, it was there. And I, went, and I was studying this, and I was like, oh, God, why this week? <laughs> you know, you got to practice what you preach. And so I'm like, I mean, it's just, it's just coming up, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. And I'm... Matter of fact, I got to the point where I just couldn't say anything because if, if I opened up this, this thing right here, something hurtful was going to come out like, hey! Never mind, I'm not saying it. I'm not, you wanted me to say I'm not saying it. What I want you to understand is that your words have weight. Your words have weight. And here's what I want to tell you. When you're, you see, sometimes jokingly we jokingly we crack on people we you know we just think oh and we make a a, a comment and some of you you know someone has done that to you let me, let me say this before I go any further what you say in one moment jokingly cracking on someone you only think about that moment 
but they think about it the rest of their lives. I had a lady after our first service, I shared this with them, and she said, you know what, I've never been able to taste or smell. And she said, I walked into it uh, somewhere when I was 18 years old, and someone said, you know what, you really smell. And she said, I want to tell you, now she's, she's in her mid-50s now. And she said, that's been with me my whole life because someone said that. She said, it, it sort of scarred me. I've been so conscious of that. Some of you sitting here today, somebody a long time ago said something about your looks, about your appearance, uh, about your intelligence. They said something about you in a cracking kind of way, in a joking kind of way. They only thought about it for a moment, but you've been living with it the rest of your life. And by the way, you need to turn that tape off because they were lying anyways. Listen, if you don't, if you don't think you're valuable, you tell whoever, when somebody makes you feel worthless, and they begin to tell you that you're a nobody. You tell them that they're a bald-faced liar because my pastor says I'm somebody and he loves me and God loves me. And so you just shut up. Right? In the name of Jesus. <laughs> That's right. I just want you to, I just, when you ever question that you feel worthless, I want, you, I, I want to tell you something. I, I don't lie. I do not lie. And I want to tell you, you are some good people. Everyone, I don't know. I don't see one dummy among us. Okay, I don't know why I said all that, but I'm telling you, it's, it's the way I feel. Proverbs, look what it says, Proverbs 18 and 20. It says, make your words good and you'll be glad you did. Now let's read what's underlined together. You ready? Here we go. Words can bring death or too much talk and you'll what? Eat everything you say. Here's what I want to tell you. Your words become a prophecy for someone else's future. The things that you say, the things that you say have weight, and they become a prophecy for somebody else's future. That's why, parents, please hear me. You, listen, people can crack on your kids, but you cannot. Your mom and daddy, and mom and daddy can't do that. Even when they become teenagers, I'm telling you, because what you say about them will stay with them the rest of their lives. You be careful what you say. You're a prophet. So listen, don't you say negative things to them. You begin to say positive things to them. Don't, don't just work on correction. Work on direction. Does that make sense to you? You see, correction saying, hey, you can't do that. And we have to do, we have to give correction. But spend more time on giving direction. Say, you know what? And that means you begin to praise the things that they're good at. You know, you're good at this and you're good at that. And you can do this because your words, your words have weight. And they'll stay with them the rest of their lives. I have this statement on the screen. Look what it says. It says, if you don't like what you're seeing, let's say the rest of the part. You ready? Come on. In others, watch what you're saying to others. That's an SCC saying right there. If you don't like what you're seeing in others, watch what you're saying. Listen, if you don't like what you're seeing from your parents, watch what you're saying to your parents. If you're always saying, you don't understand me, you're, you're stupid, you know, you don't have a clue, blah, 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 then guess what? You're never going to have a good relation, a good reaction from them. Watch, if you don't like what you're seeing in your children, watch what you're saying to them. If you don't like what you're seeing in your spouse, watch what you're saying to them. If you don't like what you're seeing in your coworkers, watch what you're saying. If you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. Because either you're going to repel 
Are you going to attract with your words? Let me just say this. Nagging has never caused, motivated anybody to do anything. Did you hear that? Nagging. If you are a nag, then nobody wants to be around you. And the people in your family are trapped. Listen, nagging never motivates anybody to do anything. I'm telling you, it makes a it makes a wall go up. But bragging changes everything. Ladies, you want to get your husband to do a little more? Then learn to brag on him. Rhonda works me to death. <laughs> she 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 worked this fixer upper project that we're still in. You know how she does? She just tells me how good I am all the time, and I know what she's doing. And it's like, I, it's like kryptonite. I can't help it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She comes there and rubs on and says, Jeff, you're so strong. <laughs> Jeff, oh, you're, thank, Jeff, nobody could, you, you're just a man. And she does it. And it's like, you know, I know what she's doing, but still it's like, yes, you got me. I don't know. You, you ladies have this deal. There's a guy in the scripture who learned the power of words. His name is Joseph. Joseph was a guy in the Bible that, listen, he started off bad. I mean, like he had 11 brothers, and uh, he was like the baby in the family, and his dad showed him a little favor, and his brothers didn't like it. And so one, you know what they did to their brother? They took the joker on the hunting trip, said, we're going to go hunting. He said, okay. He went hunting with them. He had everything packed up, went hunting. They went on this hunting trip. Well, guess what? They got him out there and said, we're getting rid of you. And they found a big, like, cavern in the ground. They threw him in it. He said, see you later. He couldn't get out. See you later. One of the brothers got to feeling bad about that, and he seen some people coming by on a caravan and said, you know what? Let's sell him. Let's just get something for him. Don't let him die. Let's... And so that's what they did. They got him out of the hole, went over and said, hey, how much you give me for this jerk? And I don't know what they got for him, but they sold him. I mean, they flat out got money for him. They said, yeah. And they took the money and said, hey, see you later, and went back and told his dad that he died. And Joseph goes from there, then that group of people said, hey, well, we got this guy right here, he'd be a good slave, and they sold him again. And so the first part of Joseph's life was very toxic-turvy, and, and very, his brothers were very mean to him, to say the least, but the tables turned, and Joseph becomes second in command in Egypt, and there was a big famine in the land, there was no food, only Egypt had food, and guess what, his brothers had to make their way back, and his brothers come back to Egypt to buy food, and guess who was giving the food out? Joseph! I'm glad I wasn't Joseph, because I would have made them beg, wouldn't you? You sorry low life, you threw me in that pit. <laughs> Wouldn't you feel that way? But Joseph showed us that you build bridges with words. You rebuild relationships with words. And look what Joseph said to them. Genesis 5 and 20. He said, you plotted evil against me, but God turned it into good in order to preserve the lives of many people who are alive today because of what happened. You have nothing to fear. I will take care of you and your children. Now notice this. So he reassured them with, let's read what's underlined. You ready? Kind words that touch their hearts. Kind words. Rebuild relationships. If you've got a broken relationship and you keep talking bad about that person, you're never, it's never going to get better. But if you'll just change what you're saying, if you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. 
You can rebuild the relationship. I learned this lesson the hard way, and, and, and which I'm still learning this lesson, to be honest with you. I don't have this down 100%. I was a student pastor. It was my first church, a student pastor, Tacoa, Georgia. And the pastor had taken me to somewhere, and there were some other pastors there. And you know what? I'm just... I'm a little insecure, so I'm, you know, how some people that are a little insecure, I'm, especially at that time in my life, I was. And, you, you know, you just say stupid stuff sometimes, trying to make yourself look good. So there's another pastor, and he had said something, so I, I said some kind of crack on him. You know, I said something, he said something, so I just one-upped him. Bam! He reached into his pocket. He pulled out a rock, a little pebble. He handed it back to me. He said, here, Jeff, this is yours. I said, what? what? It's not mine. Yeah, this is yours. Here's that, here's that stone you just threw at me. <laughs> Thank you for stoning me with your tongue. Oh, my goodness. What do you do with that? You walk out of here like this. Oh, Jesus, God, forgive me. You know what I'm saying? How many people you stone with your tongue? If God would give you a dollar bill for every kind word that you use to people, and he, and, he gave, and he took away a dollar bill for every unkind word that you used, would you be very rich or poor right now? What would, you, what would your bank account look like? That's scary, isn't it? And so today, that's my challenge. As a matter of fact, I started to give you all a dollar bill today and say, okay, you know what? When someone says something kind to you today, then you just, you know, give them this dollar. But I, I did this sermon in our run-through, and our staff was going to go around and say a lot of kind things to you, so I just couldn't do it. <laughs> oh. So here's the next step that I have for you. Look what it says. I will do my best to speak more kind words than unkind this week. Now, some of you are going to have to get a notebook and a piece of paper and a pencil this week. And you've got to keep score. Like, oh, man, how am I doing here? Now, don't listen. It's real easy to keep score of your spouse or your children or your parents. Or your, no, no, no. You just keep your score. How are you doing? Remember, you attract who you are and not who you want into your life. Number three, would you write this down? How to become a kinder person. Number three is share an act of kindness every day. Every day. I'm going to let you write that down and then I want to talk to you. Jesus gives us a, uh, the passage in the Bible that we all know is the golden rule. As a matter of fact, this is my life verse. And look what he said. Look what it says because I want to have you circle a couple things. In the golden rule, Jesus says this. So in everything, what's the next three words? Read them out loud. You ready? Do to, would you circle that? Do to others what you would have them. Here's the next three words. Let's read them out loud. You ready? Do to, do to you. Circle that. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So Jesus is saying this. He's saying, do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, most of us read this and we think, okay, when someone does something bad to us, well, because we, we know the golden rule, we're not going to retaliate, right? We say so. Really what we're saying is, is that I'm not going to do to you 
But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, do to others. What he was saying was, is that you go out of your way every day to do something nice for somebody else. Every day. He said, make it your lot in life. Do to others. Not when someone does something bad, so, well, I'm just not going to do something bad back to you. No. Do to others. It's not not do. It's, it's not do not do. It's do to others. Do, go out of your way every day to do something good for somebody else. Every day. Say, okay, how can I do good for others? That's what Jesus was saying. Go out of your way to do good for others. And in SEC, it is our vision. Look at our vision statement. This is what we want to do. The vision of SEC is to what? What's that next word? Give. 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 Is to give an opportunity for a better life through Jesus Christ. Now, here's how we do that. We realize that when we go out of our way to do good for somebody else, when we don't have to, we don't have to do it. We don't have, but when we go out of our way to do good for somebody else, when we don't have to do that, we realize that when we do that, when we share with other people that we are sharing Christ with them. You see that? There has to be, there has to be something to make you go out of your way to do something that you don't have to do in our culture, there has to be something that causes you to do that. And what causes us to do that is our relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we share good with you, going out of our way, then we are sharing Jesus with you, right? See what I'm talking about? When you go out of your way to do something you don't have to do, to do good for somebody else, you are sharing Christ with them because Christ is motivating you to do that. Going out of your way. Now what we've discovered at SEC is this. When we go out of our way to do good for somebody else, to do something we don't have to do, that we are helping that person. And when we help that person, we realize that we are healing that person. Here's why. Watch this. You remember, you will always remember what people do to you or for you. Did you agree with that? You, you forget what people say. You forget what people say, but you never forget what people do. And you, you're going to remember one or two things. What they did to you, I can't believe they did that to me 20 years ago. They did that five years ago. I can't believe they did that to me. They embarrassed me. You know what I'm saying? And so you're either going to remember what they do to you, or you're going to remember what they did for you. And what they do for you is when they go out of their way, doing something that they don't have to do, and they do it for you. So here's what I'm saying. As Christ followers, watch this, we're here to give people an opportunity for a better life through Christ. Here's how we do it. When we go out of our way to do good for other people, to do good for other people, here's what happens. The more good they get done for them, the less likely they're going to think about what's been done to them. And if we can move you, and if we can move, if we can move you off of that, if you're hung up on what someone's done to you, and if we can move that, move you from thinking about that all the time to remembering what people have done for you, what God has done for you, then guess what? You're going to have healing in your life. You're going to get better. And so you're a healing agent. So here's what we say: at SCC every week we have healing services. When you drive up into the parking lot, those guys that are wearing those vests that wave at you, you know what they're doing? They're trying to offer healing. They're trying to do something nice to you. They're trying to show their pearly whites where they're true or false. <laughs> showing them to you. Why? They're just showing them to you. You know why? They're waving and being nice to you because they're trying to do something for you. 
When you walk into these doors of this church and there's people that shake your hand and are kind and nice to you, they're going out of their way to do something they don't have to do. You know why? Because they want to do something for you because we know that through the week people probably have done stuff to you and it's got you weighed down and God has wanted to do stuff for you. When you go into our nursery department and you see those, those uh, people that are there rocking these babies that are holding your child and keeping them safe and, and letting them feel love. Why? Because they want to do something good for you and for your child. And you walk in that preschool hallway, you'll see people that are there teaching your children and loving on them and doing something for your children that they'll never, ever forget in their life. Then when you come to our teen service on Sunday night, you'll see people that are loving on your students and taking care of them and doing things for them that they'll never, ever forget in their life. Why? Because we want to compensate because we know that things are going to be done to them. But with God's help, we're going to do more things for them than more things that are done to them that they can have a successful life. Amen. When we go over here and pump gas and we buy it down and you're doing this for our community, we are doing things for them. This past week, we had two concerts at our church from the high school. This building was packed out two nights in a row. And there was people that come here from SEC that did not have to. They did not have to do that. They come and they greeted these people as they come in the doors. And these people said to me on their way out, they said, there's something about this church. There's something here that I don't know. There's something here that makes me feel good when I come here. There's something here that I want more of. There's something here. You know what that something is? It's that people like you that are walking around that are doing good for people that you don't have to do but you're doing something for them. And Christ is moving in them. And we call some people in action. Watch this, watch this video. Won't be wasted time. Always stay humble and kind. Hold the door, say please, say thank you. Don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie. I know you got mountains to climb, but always stay humble and kind. When the dreams you're dreaming come to you, when the work you put in is realized, let yourself feel the pride, but The last thing I want to say is the last verse that's on your outline. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I want you to read the first, the first uh, five words that are underlined. You ready? Let's read them together. Here we go. The fruit of the Spirit. Let's say it again. You ready? The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And it goes on to say love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. What I want to tell you is that you will never have that in your life without Jesus Christ. The fullness, you will never have that. 
You'll never have that ability to be kind like you want to be. You'll never have that ability to love like you want to be. In other words, you'll be incomplete without Christ in your life. And so today, if you're here and you're not a Christ follower, the best thing that I can do for you is offer you that opportunity for a better life that only comes through Jesus Christ. And so today, I want to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand with me now. And I want to say a prayer. As I say this prayer today, you say, God, if, if that's you, you want to be a Christ follower today, you say, God, that's me. I want to make that. And before you go, you're going to check it on the back of this connection card that you made that decision to become a Christ follower that we can pray for you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus, I thank you so much for who you are. God, there's people in this room that have not crossed that line yet, God. And today they're here. God, they want to be better people, Lord. God, you want to take them up. And that, to get better, Lord, they have to know you. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And I pray today, God, and right now as I'm praying, they're saying, Dear Jesus, come into my life. Lord, forgive me my sins. God, help me to live by your word and to do your will that I might be able to be a kinder person and a more loving person, a more peaceful person. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.